Hi, and welcome back to this special two-part episode of The Liberty Show, hosted by Kevin Fortune, focusing on police brutality in America and the murder of George Floyd. We're going to get back into it, starting with Tim Smith, one of our regulars, who has a perspective on how we can put our liberty into action in this situation. If I may, if, uh, if a country occupies a group of folks long enough, those people are either going to acknowledge that they're being occupied and suck it up, or those people are going to band together and there's going to be violence. We saw that with the Vietnam conflict. What we're seeing now is the folks that have been colonized, Black people, and if we look at this right, Black folks are colonized. I have this, I, I like the saying, we never left the plantation, they only moved us to a different spot on the <laughs> plantation. If you look at how the police police the Black community as a whole, that's an occupied force. Police officers, whether they're Black or white, and let's be honest about this, Black police officers, once they become a cop, they forget that they're Black, they become blue. And this occupying force, the police have their own flag. And that flag demonstrates to us in the Black community that we're being occupied. Am I for individuals looting private businesses? Well, I would say on last week, I'm totally against it. But on today, I see it as an opportunity for us to strike back. And by striking back, I mean using our violence as leverage to actually create a better country for us. And to the, the earlier speaker's point about we need to get rid of uh, um, Trump, I say we keep Trump in office. And the reason why I say we keep Trump in office is because we've been black folks for far too long voting for these presidents and other elected officials who don't give a crap about us. Now the Democrats put forth Biden. Biden is the architect of the criminal act, the criminal, uh, um, the Clinton criminal uh, law bill, which is responsible for locking up our black brothers, responsible for locking up our black <coughs> fathers, our black uncles, our black mothers, and our black daughters. If that's who you want me to vote for, you need to get the hell on out of here. I want to vote for the snake that I can see. That way I can be prepared when it strikes. And that's where black folks need to get to the point where we're tired of voting and, 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 and supporting these people who don't give a crap about us. Biden doesn't give a crap about us. The Democratic Party hasn't done jack shit for us in over 40 years. Excuse my language. But I'm tired of that being our go-to factor, our, our, our go-to that we're going to run to the Democrats. Hell no. Give me an individual that's going to stand up for my liberty or give me the snake that I can see. Tim, that's why you get the big bucks. Um, I'm, I'm going to make a quick comment. Then we're going to go to Kevin Wilson has something to say up in New York. But you guys, that's something, too, that really hurt me last night. And I'm trying not to cry. Good thing we're not on video. Now, I totally agree with voting, exercising your right. But I, I agree with Tim. We voted so long, especially some of these black leaders. I looked at the mayor last night criticizing her young black men. But see, it's easy for them to criticize. They're riding around in limousines. They have bulletproof vests on. They have bodyguards. But, you know, they're not a black female with six kids in a project 
a bankhead in Atlanta trying to raise kids. They're not walking in the bluff at night by themselves getting raped or uh, molested. You know, it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's just sickening to me. It's easy for some of these bougie, high society black folk that live out in Alpharetta and gated communities to say what these people down there who don't even have shoes or food or who don't have adequate education, who don't have a father because this fake drug war has put them in prison. You know, it's easy to make the, these judgment calls. And that really bothers me. We got to be careful who we vote for because I'm not voting for no one just because they black. And, you know, oh, my God, we need to vote for some people that are going to put in. I agree with Miss Charlie, put some stuff into action with solutions. I'm so sick of press conferences and speeches and tweets and, and, and Facebook messages. When are they going to get off the ASS and get out in the community and really make a difference? I'm sorry, but okay, Kevin Wilson up in New York, you've got something to say. Everything that, that that's uh, coming from these speakers is incredible. Tim, what you had to say was, was really powerful. Uh, so so my, the, my solutions I put out in the chat are, you know, obviously, you know, number one is when a police officer abuses his or her power and, and murders someone, they need to go to jail immediately. That's, that's number one. That's obvious. But we don't want it to get to that point, right? So number two, I mentioned in chat, qualified immunity, ending that, and requiring officers to get their own insurance. Qualified immunity basically says that if an officer is doing something in the course of their duty, they, they have certain protections from civil suits and, and other uh, liability that they are not able to be um, held liable for uh, hurting someone in the course of doing their job. So that, that needs to end, number one. Number two, the insurance thing. Doctors are required to have their own insurance, individual insurance plans. What happens right now is police officers, in a lot of times, they get kind of a blanket insurance plan. So when an officer does do something, when they hurt someone, when they kill someone on the job, it's a blanket insurance plan for the entire police force. If Officers had to have individual insurance. Do you think insurance companies would want to cover these officers if they have several use of force uh, incidents where it seems like they may be abusing their power? No, either their, their premiums are going to go way up or they're not going to get covered at all. And if they can't get covered, then they shouldn't be allowed on the job. There's a quasi-private uh, solution to this in those insurance premiums. Thank you so much, Kevin. Guys, this is such a good show. You're still on the Liberty Show with Kevin Fortune. And this tonight's uh, podcast is called A Call to Action. And we're, we're, we're um, thinking and, and being in memory of George Floyd, who was uh, senselessly murdered at the hands of the state, at the hands of government officials that get paid with his tax dollars. What do you think of that? You pay taxes to a person to murder you. You know, you hire your own hitman. But is that awful or what? So let's, um, uh, Mr. Tevin Goss, one of my favorite people, we've been missing him. I don't know last time, I think he was a playboy over in Hawaii or Paris or something. But Tevin Goss, you're on the Liberty Show. <laughs> hey, Kevin, stop patronizing hey, me. All right, so um, I just want to really say the points that were made by the various um, voices in our conversation, everything was really palpable and um Everyone made some excellent points. I, I mean, I can only add what we're seeing. It's not, it's not new. This is just something in the long saga of our history as a country. You know, African-Americans came here as chattel slaves in 1619. Speed that all the way up to today. And so the only thing that I, I really can say is, yes, we, we do have to take the necessary actions to hold 
this country accountable. We have to be committed um, in this fight for the long haul, like we've seen with the leaders of old, like Dr. King, like um, Malcolm X, like Claude McKay, and all the other individuals that were outspoken against these atrocities. I, Me personally, I believe that we're not going to get all the varied results that we want um, trying to ask the system. My whole thing is go beyond, go outside of the United States. And this was something that I do believe that Malcolm X was trying to do. We need to build a case and, and bring it before, I don't know, the United Nations, the committee to say, this is, you know, enough is enough. This is a genocidal campaign against people of color. If we could sit in the trials of Nuremberg after the Second World War and be a part of that trial to condemn the Nazis, but not condemn the domestic terrorism, uh, uh, what the KKK was doing, that's hypocrisy. We can go to various nations, we can talk about dictators in Iran and Iraq, but we, what about the dictator that we have in the office right now? So my whole thing is, you know, like I said, we, as a lot of people have pointed out, we do have to take action. We do have to have a strategy as what we've seen within our history to accomplish our goals. And, you know, I mean, with this rioting, like Dr. King said, riots are, um, are um, their situations from those who are unheard. And we've been unheard, we've been silenced, we've been exported for so many years. So I, like I said before, I just hope that this is something, and we're dealing with another, we're, we're dealing with issues on top of issues, racism, we're dealing with also this disease that is really taking people. We have the highest amount of death due to COVID-19, and then we have to deal with this on top of that? Well, and that's good. I want to pick it because, you know, once again, we're dealing with all of this, this and we're supposed to just, we're supposed to just take it. You know, we shouldn't lose, we shouldn't be angry, we shouldn't be upset, just take it. And that's part of the problem that we've, we've been taking it for 400 years. We took slavery, we took the, you know, stealing our land, we took slavery, we took them selling our kids, raping our women, we took Jim Crow, we're taking now imprisoning black males, we're taking, you know, poverty, we're taking injustice. And then when we rise up, it's wrong. Now the government's been rising up, bombing people, murdering people, stealing our tax dollars for years. And, and that's we, okay. And we've seen this, I don't want to interject, but we've seen these issues, you know, with rioting and violence, as people pointed out. You know, we've seen this in the past. Was the National Guard called in on Rosewood? Were they called in on Tulsa, Oklahoma? But when mm -hmm. these individuals, these young people are upset in Minneapolis, oh, we have to call in the National Guard. Oh, so when it's another person of other we have to do what we need to do to protect property. But when it's our people, um, uh, the instigators and the aggressors of all of these atrocities, we, you know, we don't really have any, we don't, we can't find any type of solutions. I think that this is also a call for those who are our allies to find the solutions to also hold their counterpart, white counterparts accountable. I know that, you know, we, uh, it's great that they're a part of our causes, but I do believe solely that the solution will happen internally. Only white people can hold white, other white people accountable. Mm, interesting, and interesting. Um, we've got um, Amanda, would you like to say something then followed by Mr. Jared? Amanda, yeah, like you're on the Liberty Show. Hello. <laughs> um, my name is Amanda. I'm from Washington State. 
um, I'm just outside of Seattle and, um, I went to the George Floyd Memorial yesterday in Bellingham. Um, it just felt right to go and experience it and, um, and due to all of what's happening. Um, I think, uh, I'm, I'm just really happy to have heard what Tevin said. He, I went to, um, school with him and it's always just really a pleasure to hear what he has to say and and everyone's points um have been really kind of uh awesome to listen to um i however am very much for um the protests and i think the looting and is all justified in um on account of of how much oppression uh, people of color and, and black people have experienced. Um, it's all just needing to come to light on how much uh, we are still um, treating people of color and black people so poorly in this country and how it's so integrated in the police systems, in, in the authoritative systems we have. And um, it's... Uh, I think it needs to happen. I think we need more education. Uh, we don't have any education whatsoever about the struggle um, of of our, our brothers and sisters. We don't have, I mean, everything is still, as far as I've seen as a white person, um, you, you don't experience anything until you you have friends and you talk to people or you go out and, and you, I mean, you will never understand it um, as a white person, but it's, it's just so disheartening when you hear stories and, and it's, it's so saddening. It's, it's, you know, you want to see them lifted up. I just, um, I wish there was just much more education, much more laws being passed to to eradicate this, we're still fighting and we're continuously fighting. And I, I have family members as I try to um, be that voice in my family. Um, and when I see uh, the systematic racism still r- arise in my family and I try to say um, something and I'm, I'm fought back with, um, you know, because they're, they don't, either understand or want to understand it's it's frustrating because um you want to see that growth in your own home um you want to be that change uh and and it starts it it really does start here in your own home um it it starts with that conversation with you know your own family i think everyone um needs to be an ally and doesn't need to back up the police because they were they were born uh, of oppressing people of color and um and and the whole system is is heavily corrupt so um yeah i think i think um i wasn't able to go to the rally that's happening in seattle today because i it would have been hard for me to make it back here because it's a 3 hour difference however um there were some word that was they were already tear gassing and, and doing um, some arrests to people. 
um, downtown, unfortunately. But I'm I'm so for the looting and all this stuff. It, it needs to happen. Um, people, if they're not being killed, it's still they're being arrested. They're still being harassed. You know, um, and it happens to people every single day. And and um, you know, it, it needs to happen. And it's just going to be building and building and building until we can really get to the point of making actual changes. And I think it's, it's just, it needs to go back to the, the basic building blocks of, of education and changing the authorities that are in power because they're all heavily corrupt. So yeah, that's what I have to say. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now let's go to Mr. Jared, our uh, producer, director, technical director, editor, uh, audio specialist, cameraman. Mr. Jared, what do you have to say? Hi, Kevin. I'll actually pass the, my, my spot off here to Wanda, who I see has something to add, and then I'll, oh. uh, I'll do my Hi. bit here. Welcome, Wanda. You're on the Liberty Show. Hi, how are you? Um, I am calling from Savannah, Georgia, and um, I just want to say, I want to comment on all of the uh, people who have called in to comment. Wonderful um, remarks that have been made tonight. Um, and I really do believe that change can come if we actually, everybody who has made a remark, if we can put to action some of these remarks that have been made. Uh, one thing I do, I, as the young lady who just uh, got off, she said something that uh, I think is very important. I am an educator. So she was talking about education. We need to go back to our roots, basically. And um, we, there are so many things that we have, um, we need to basically start to find a solution. We need to start grassroots organizations out of our homes. And one thing that I want to point out that's so disappointing to me, our churches have failed us, in my humble opinion. Black Amen, people sister. particularly, <laughs> black people, you know, particularly, have, uh, there's a church down here in the South on every corner, I mean, and, and, and literally, I mean that literally, I don't mean that to be facetious. I mean, you can go and every mile to a church, doo, and I mean, on Sundays, they are packed, but they have failed us miserably. Um, the young man that called in earlier talking about um, some like the insurance with police. Well, I have never heard that before. And I think to educate our people, um, you know, starting these grassroots organizations out of our homes and out of these churches where we are spending, God knows, giving our, giving our money to, you know, through these, uh, paying these tithes. And, and we are constantly talking about the building fund or what have you. But we're going to have to start those grassroots organizations back through those uh, churches and, and educate our people on some of these things, some of the uh, laws that we don't know anything about. Just like the, like here again, to repeat, to reiterate what the man said about the, um, the insurance. I have never even heard that about police, how police insurance is broken down. We need to let our people know those things. We need to um, start just as uh, Tevin, the young man was talking about, we need to uh, have some go and, and talk to some of our allies and talk about put to the table what we want as demands, you know, when we, to make these changes and put forth so that these solutions, can, we can start on something, you know. Personally, for me, I work through education, you know, and these grassroots organizations, we're going to have to start targeting certain things that we want to focus on. I focus on education. You might want to focus on healthcare. Somebody else may want, 
And then we start that from there. So those are some of the things that I wanted to point out. But I, the, the church has just disappointed me. I, I mean, it really, really has. Because out of the churches where Dr. King, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey, I mean, all of our leaders came through that church. They started uh, giving our people and providing our people with information starting at the church. And, and you know, we don't get that anymore. Well, thank you, Wanda. Jared, let me comment on that before you come in there. Um, you you hit the nail on the head, sister. And I grew up in church, and I'm one of those holy rolling Christians, but we have been so laid down. I thought of that last night. I said to myself, where is the church? Where are they to help these young people, to help these single moms? Where, you know, we're paying all this money. Uh, and Jesus the church said, is praying. Go, go into the highways and the byways. You know, we're stuck up in a building asking for money instead of giving it out. You know, we're supposed to be the light of the world into darkness. When do we take it out into the darkness? You no, know, we set all up amongst ourselves. And that is so disappointing because the, the church, especially in the African-American community, has been an institution, a powerhouse. But now it's becoming a social club. And, and oh, my goodness, don't get, you, you, you open up a can of words, sister. But it's really something. Okay, let's go to our main man, Mr. Everything, Jared Morningstar in Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me on the show again, uh, as always. I guess I got to be here, though, but uh, I mean, tonight's been so, so incredible. Uh, so, so cathartic hearing uh, all our emotions uh, and how much unity we, we, we have behind those. And I mean, through that, it's, it's, it's so uh, empowering. And I, I really feel a, a, a deep grounds for, for being able to make something real come out of this. So, yeah, just a just a quick comment on on uh, on the uh, religion side of things. Uh, people are forgetting their scripture. Uh, I mean, was it not Jesus who went into the temple with a whip and uh, uh, knocked around the money changers? I mean, come on. Uh, if you are are worried about uh, how how s some of the tactics are are are, are looking right now, like uh, look look at what Jesus was doing. He certainly had a uh, uh, a part to play in, in, in that type, type of resistance as well. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to, uh, read a, a short, uh, uh, piece I wrote, uh, yesterday that, that touches on, on some of these things. Uh, hopefully I won't, won't take too long with this, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I needed to get some words out and I'd, I'd really like to, to share this all with you. So yeah, uh, the, the context of this is, uh, uh, we had our protests in the Twin Cities, which is uh, uh, my sort of home. I grew up in Minnesota and only only left that area about a year ago. Um, and uh, then we had uh, other protests uh, uh, recently where, uh, like in Michigan, where you had armed protesters uh, storming the Capitol uh, about uh, the, the, the lockdown uh, issues. So there's two situations here. And... Uh, the, the official response from the government was was very different uh, between these two. Um, so, violent protest marked the beginning of America, and the sense of liberty against injustice still runs through our veins today. Yet liberty for whom? The sensibilities of both the privileged public and those who wield political authority will shift at a moment's notice from a deep acknowledgement of the rights of the citizenry to pr protest with vehemence to a rhetoric of law and order, stating firmly that the protesters must maintain peacefulness and pursue only legal means while simultaneously utilizing state power 
via the police to escalate conflict, even at times when protesting remains squarely in the bounds of what is permitted by constitutional rights. These rhetorical sleight of hands, always disconnected from the specific histories leading to deep grievances fueling vicious protests, are very palatable to the average privileged American. For them, human rights are already so obviously guaranteed that situations where it seems that these rights are being denied to other citizens, it is automatically rationalized as their fault. And unless they've actively had relationships and opportunities for education on the experiences of others in this country, are they really wrong in their reasoning? If you can storm a Capitol building with heavy artillery and not face any escalation of violence, what must you conclude about a protest which does lead to escalating violence? Here, the state and its various concrete manifestations are imagined as genuinely neutral. Its actions are fully governed by the letter of the law. And likewise, the options for citizen power against state overreach are delineated. If you don't break the rules, nothing bad could happen. This is, of course, not an accurate paradigm for understanding the very off-the-cuff responses of the state to those protesters whose political goals are judged, for whatever reason, as threatening to the mythos by which the American nation defines itself and asserts its sovereignty and goodness. Where in the Constitution does it say that officers of law are above rule of law? Where in the Constitution does it say that tear gas and rubber bullets may be employed against lawful assemblies? These are not decisions stemming from a concrete legal basis, but ones which are essentially of an improvisational nature to be justified on legal bases after the fact. We must develop eyes to see such situations clearly and realize the deep precarity of such state power asserted over the citizenry. That is why I cannot condemn any of the rioting tactics on a collective level back in my home state. The contract with the state is that they guarantee such things as natural rights and justice, and in return, the populace will subscribe only to those legal means provided by the state for redressing conflict. Yet in the murder of George Floyd, we see both the state gruesomely seize the most basic right, that to life itself, from a citizen on an entirely non-judicial, arbitrary basis. And simultaneously, justice against this infraction is showing little signs of actually materializing. And this is not an isolated incident, but truly a continuation of precedent, both in the Twin Cities in particular and in America generally, uh, has such justice been ignored by the legal means provided by the state. So in such a case, the citizenry has every right to assert their lawmaking power by making transparent that the contract of law and order truly is a two-way agreement. And if the state is going to desecrate this agreement, then the people will retaliate until a new, legitimately functional legal means can be instituted for upholding justice in these cases where the state has previously acted as a barrier to this transcendent value when it has worked to their benefit. Extrajudicial state-sponsored violence has no place in a country which flies the banner land of the free. These are our neighbors, our loved ones, being callously murdered in broad daylight. There never has been an excuse for such things. Now, the people are saying they will accept no reasons and will not rest until the, there is legitimate redress to these grievances. Feel their anger. It is more righteous and holy than the decaying mythology of America as a bastion of freedom. 
This anger has the potential to purify and renew this promise to freedom if only we allow ourselves ears to truly hear. Well, thank you, Jared. Um, we're pretty much at the end of our show, but we can edit out. Is, are there any more comments that we need? I'd like to say something. Go ahead. Uh, you know, some of this behavior in our families, uh, the girl from Washington was stating, is, is you know, family members are, have some try to change and some just uh, stay common is the way I like to put it. Uh, you know, common behavior is easy. Common something you just dial up and you go to that's been entrenched. To actually change something, you have to be uncommon. You have to think outside the box. You have to, you have to empathize. Um, it, and, and these cops, uh, it, you know, they, they constantly go back to, well, I was scared. Uh, that's, that's the number one reason for why they pulled their gun and shot. If, if you're scared, go to church. Don't go to being a police officer. And I think the call to action is, is uh, you absolutely have to treat these police officers just as they are treated as a citizen. If a citizen breaks a law, they are arrested. And then you have, you're innocent until proven guilty, and you have to go through the, the judicial system. That man should have been arrested immediately. The four men should have been arrested immediately. They broke the law. They killed a man. I mean, I mean there's nothing about the training that happened there. And I do believe, in the, and this may not be very popular, but I think that we should pay police officers more money, and we should change everything about the way they're held accountable. And that way you get the good police officers, like you say, the 90% or however many percent they say that they're good and four of them standing there killing a man, but hold them more accountable by paying them more money and making it a, a more um, desirable job to, to actually have good people in there to protect and serve, not to kill and, and imprison. And um, I've enjoyed it tonight. I appreciate it. And y'all uh, have a good evening. Thank you, uh, Trinity. Nice to have you. Uh, anyone else? I have a friend uh, from California tuning in who just got back from a, a protest. Uh, Kylie, uh, welcome. You're on the Liberty Show. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so, yeah, as Jared said, I just got back from one of the protests. Um, there have been a lot in downtown L.A., but I heard about one happening pretty close to my home, um, kind of in the greater L.A. area somewhat close to Beverly Hills, somewhat close to Hollywood. Uh, so I thought I'd go out and support the cause, obviously. Um, and it it began as, you know, just in the streets protesting. We had some speakers in the beginning and we, we walked very far. And on the way back, it turned out that the situation had actually gotten kind of intense because, you know, I thought we were past the main crowd, but there um, was a situation where there was a, a brigade line of cops and people were all kneeling down with their hands up um, and we're like trying to get back to where where we had biked over um, I was with a friend and uh, as we continued back it was like it was it was really crazy I mean they had a couple cop cars that had been burned and um, people but it was largely peaceful like what we saw was people you know anytime somebody did something that was out of line or violent, everybody shouted them down and said, no, we need to be peaceful. So I don't know how the cars got there in the beginning, but it seemed like by and large, people were behaving themselves totally fine. Um, and what ended up happening was as we were going back, they started unrolling just like car after car after car, like hundreds and hundreds of cops that started shooting tear gas. And um, so the people just scattered. I mean, we, I had been walking for about three hours before, so I was like, I should probably head out since I don't really have the ability to run right now. 
funny too, um, but it, it, it escalated pretty quickly. Um, we're still kind of processing everything that happened, but it was really amazing because I think, you know, it was very clear to everybody who was there and, and was posting videos that the protesters were vast majority peaceful, that we're, you know, despite the fact that we are angry about the situation, which is totally justified, we weren't, you know, acting out um, in a way that I would think is at all out of line. Um, but then, you know, the cops came and, you know, they were, uh, it was, it's kind of hard to explain without knowing the geography of the area, but basically they just had been rolling in, rolling in, and they had built up a force in a parking lot that was um, behind like a fence. So we hadn't seen them building up that force and you could see them through the fence and people were, you know, kind of shouting at them and, uh, what was incredible is that I could see the cops through the, the fence and they were literally like smiling and like jeering at people. So it was, it was pretty, you know, upsetting to see that the police force didn't seem to be there where they were concerned about, you know, the state of the people or, you know, keeping the peace. Cause I, I did see a lot of behavior of cops that was, you know, um, pretty, pretty rude, I would say, which is in, in a big way inciting a lot of the negative behavior. Um, and there was, you know, talk of like, who the heck, like, how did these cars get here? Because there were no cops to be found. So it was, there was a whole lot of like crazy stuff happening, but it was a very intense experience. Um, and I, I'm definitely really glad I went. If another one pops up, I'll definitely be there. But it was kind of amazing to see that, you know, there wasn't really an effort from the cops to try and, I don't know, like talk or make peace. Um, it was, it was pretty straightforward, you know, like people, protesting going to Turgas and I, I've, I'm hoping to now tune in to what's happening in the news because what, once they started firing tear gas obviously we left and couldn't see what was happening but I know I do have a couple friends who are still there who are still posting you know on their own social media about what's happening um, so it's a pretty intense situation right now. Well thank you thank you for bringing that I hear uh, I see Tamise has a comment Tamise you're back on the Liberty Show. I, I guess I just I had to comment, I'm sorry, on the gentleman about keeping Trump in office. <laughs> that never, ever will happen in my book. I would take the less of the two evils that didn't have that still stay in office. That man said last night as if to say to shoot and kill. And that is one thing I happen Biden might not be the best, but he's better than what we have now. I will never, ever vote and put him back in office. Never. And that's my last word on that. Thank you, Tamisa. Tim, would you like it's to respond Tim. to that? Tim, do you want to respond? Uh, now, with respect, you don't have to vote for him. Oh, no word, I won't. Just don't implore me to. Oh, you don't have to. And don't implore other black folks either. I have a question oh. for you. I, I, and, and with respect, when Obama was in office, did your quality of life improve? Um, yes, it did. Has your quality of life, meaning income, your wealth, yes. how you're feeling, has your wealth decreased or increased while Trump has been in office? No, it hasn't. It hasn't decreased? It, 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 since Trump been in there, ain't nothing has it's been the same. It's oh. What has he oh. done? What has he done for oh, black people? So, what has so, Trump done for black people? What have he done for black people? What have, what have he done for blacks or brown people? For the, or poor people? For I'll Trump tell you what he's done for me. For, what 
I'll, and, and I'll tell you, what he's done for black people is he's revealed to all black and brown people that politicians aren't to be trusted, whether they're Democrat or Republican. And that, and, the, and that include himself too. That include himself too. You can yes, but the great thing, the great thing about Trump is that Trump shows you that he's a snake. He he. Whereas what, the Democrat, I don't need no snake up there. I don't need no snake. They, I don't need no snake up there. I don't need no snake. You have, ma'am, with respect, is there anyone in your family who's been locked up for drugs? No, sir, they haven't. I'm lucky. Okay. I'm the lucky one. You are exceptionally blessed that I you haven't experienced the snake mm -hmm. that is biting. You know, I, I mean, that's your opinion. Applaud. I applaud. It's not my opinion. It's fact. He is the what architect is the of the Clinton. He's the architect of the criminal of the Clinton crime bill, which is responsible for locking up black men, black women. That's Biden. That wasn't Trump. That was Clinton. That wasn't Trump. That was you talk about stuff. Sir, you talk about back in the 90s. Things had to be done. I mean, come on now. Let's be real. Lady, I know this. you're not telling Let's me that putting us on the plantation had to be done. You are because caging you're still us, on the plantation. You ain't never got caging on us. Caging you're still us on is the plantation. Putting, that's you're exactly still on the plantation, sir. That you're is still on the plantation. You are that's one exactly, thing I say about you are one an example of one of these some you are one of the example of some what what Malcolm X talk about these house Negroes. You are one of them. One of these Negroes no. that don't think they that, don't get somewhere. No. They think they don't get something don't get something you are one of them sir you are one of them. i'm sorry to call you out for what it is baby i am sorry sorry about that but i would never that i would take it in a day i would take about it in a day and that's one thing you will never take from me you will never take the my vote i don't give a darn who you are you are both of y'all are right me. though ma'am you you have you have broken my heart by calling me a house nigger well that's what you are doc, sir I'm sorry, that's what you are. Well, well, if this house nigga may respond, uh, don't respond, I'd rather serve in the house of a master that tells me I'm a nigger than in the house of a master who tells me I'm somebody when he treats me like a nigger. <laughs> oh my God. That's a, that's so you keep it. pretending that um, you masters plaything, whereas the rest of us who know we the niggers. We'll be about the business of changing uh -huh. our See, I'm life not a, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a Negro Both woman. Are acting I'm, a like woman. I'm not a Negro woman. I am a black African woman. That's a difference. There, no, there's, there's a, a Negro difference, though. There's it's difference. a difference. It is a difference. I still love the Negro means black, though. I still love the Negro. Negro means black, lady. How are you a teacher? How are you, brother? Ma'am, with respect, ma'am, with respect, Negro, ma'am, with respect, Negro comes from the word Negroid, which means to be black. So unless you're not black, you are indeed a Negro. I am this a is black what I'm talking girl. about. Niggers acting like they something other than a nigger. I am an African-American black preach woman. There's a difference between a nigger and a nigger. That's what he just said, though. There's no difference. The mindset is not different. There's no difference. It is a difference. It is no, a difference. There, there's Bye. no difference. We are no, all black people. We are all, it, you guys are talking difference. about the same it, it's thing. It's You're not going to argue with somebody difference. that got a degree in this shit. We all are. You are supposed to go. He wants to walk out with a degree. Hello, Kevin. Right <laughs> okay, let me let We're back on the Liberty Show. Okay.
No, I don't want to cut it off with some great discussion, but Dominique, would you like to make a comment? I mean, I said, I mean, I, I didn't mean to cut anybody off, but I just got really emotional. We are all the same people. They all going, all these white people going to look at us the same way. What Homeboy said is true. And what, I, I don't know who was speaking at the, both people, parties who were speaking, and I respect both decisions, but we're all black and everybody's going to be looked at as a Negro. That's all I got to say. That's it. That's it. <laughs> thank you so much. Guys, this has been an awesome show. We thank you so much. And just uh, in closing, remember to um, go to our YouTube channel, The Liberty Show with Kevin Fortune, and hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Share it with your friends. And uh, follow us on Facebook as well as Instagram so uh, you can see uh, what upcoming uh, podcasts and topics are going to be on. We thank everyone for being on it. We're not upset or angry at anyone. We love heated discussions and we love your opinion because as people of Liberty, you own your opinions. But we just hope that you will take your, uh, not so much your anger, but your energy and your passion, take it out into the world and the streets and let's make this world a better place. Thank you, everyone. And see you next time on The Liberty Show. Good night.